When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to another episode of Least Talk Forever, uh, episode three, season two. Unfortunately, it's a Thursday night and Kyle can't be with us because Thursday night football. Uh, so it's just me and Scott. Well, I mean, that's just speculation. We're not 100% sure, but it kind of makes sense. Um, yeah. So it's just me and Scott. Exciting things are coming. As you could probably tell if you follow the Twitter page that we're, we're experimenting with, um, I believe, cartoonized is the word or animated yeah. whatever um style photos so we each took a photo on least jersey cartoonized it um so now we're going to be rolling with eventually get it set up so uh because lighting and things are expensive um for live streaming we're going to try and get it set up so when we broadcast stuff uh, on youtube etc you guys and girls and whomever will be able to see us as cartooned our pictures over the audio and when we talk you'll see the bubble get bigger like zoom Streamyard, all those uh, apps do so we're experimenting with that this week if we like it be ready for next week because i think that's going to be the kickoff um and that'll also be the kickoff of what are we doing next week predictions right yeah like who we think is going to make the team what roster battles we think will be exciting uh, maybe even like potential goal total for Matthews, where we think the Leafs are going to finish in the standings, et cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah, so so obviously this week there's been a lot of PTOs. We'll get to that. There's also the rookie game. We'll get to that. Uh, I think they play four games. They played the first one tonight. So, yeah, we'll get to that a little bit later on. But, yeah, if all goes well to this this uh, tonight, this week, we'll hopefully be up and running with some cool graphics and all that kind of stuff so when we stream we'll be like a live viewing except you'll see us as cartoons so if you want to check it out beforehand go to our leaves talk forever page on twitter it's at least forever pod and check on our header or cover photo or whatever the background is called on twitter and you'll see us cartoonized you'll see what we all look like uh if you didn't watch the live stream with justin Bourne, a lot of talking let's get into it uh we'll talk we'll thank our sponsors a little bit later um Thanks uh, for the to the Hockey Podcast Network for ha- taking us on. Last week was the first week. It's going great. We've seen an uptick in our downloads already. Uh, so, again, follow them on Twitter. And let's get into it. Yeah, so uh, we'll start with Toronto's PTO. And then we'll mention other either big name or multiple PTO that teams have signed, players have signed. And then we'll kind of break down like if we think they're a fit with those teams. And then... Obviously, because we're a Toronto podcast, we'll mention if Toronto could use them or where we thought, um, not necessarily where they would have thought, where where they would have fit in Toronto's lineup, excuse me, but if they would have been a fit in Toronto's lineup. Uh, so with that said, the first one, obviously, most people already know this because it happened a couple of days ago, but Zach Osterese, uh received a PTO to play with Toronto, so he's going to be on the team for at least preseason, hopefully longer, because I, I actually like him as a player. Um, you want to give your opinions on that one, Spencer, first? Uh, it's really unfortunate Kyle isn't here. Remember back when we did free agency, uh, Kyle had mentioned that this is the player he wanted Toronto to sign. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, the only thing I want to add about this situation is I saw this graphic um, stat with with Zach Ashton Reese and uh, Abel Kubel, or uh, whatever his last name is. Yeah. Um, versus Jason Spezza, Wayne Simmons, slash uh, Kyle Clifford. I think that was the other person. Anyways, regardless, all all the graphic was basically stating was uh, Simmons, Clifford, Simmons, slash Clifford with Spezza only averaged 43 points, where uh, 
uh, Bell Kubel or Albay Kubel and uh, Zach Ashton Reese averaged 41. But Zach Ashton Reese and Albell, Al, whatever his last name is, um, Albay Kubel. That's it. He they averaged 211 more hits. So now, if this if he does make the team and our our lines are slated as what we'll talk about next week, our bottom six might be one of the most physical bomb six in the league with hits because uh, Ingval, Yarncroke, and Camp are also physical players. So I'm just excited to have someone a little bit different. Instead of having that bruiser that will go in and only fight and play three minutes a game, we're finally going into more, um, I don't know what style players you want to call them, not grinders. Uh, kind of like maybe? forward. Gritty. Yeah. Like they have a role in the team, but they can also produce. And yes. it's nice to actually see because we're we're past the 1920s let's fight and we're into the more analytical based we need we need checkers. Uh yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean the, the two hundred what what was it, two hundred plus hits that they had, I I don't think that that'll be the same number they got in Toronto, obviously, because of the diminished role they may have. Austin Reese was coming from Anaheim, or maybe he would play a bit more on a rebuilding team than he would on Toronto where they already have two stacked uh, top top two lines with Tavares, Nylander, Marner, Matthews, Bunting, etc. But just the fact that, yeah, like you said, we're getting players who can come in who are are not only physical but, but can also produce when needed. Not that Spezza didn't. Uh, Simmons, when he first came to Toronto there in the first 20-some-odd games before he got hurt, was, was producing at a good clip. But once he got hurt and then came back, it seems he, he kind of stopped and it was just more focused on being an agitator and an aggravator and trying to get out of the, the, the other team's skin. So if Abe Kubel and Austin Reese, whoever the last center is, whether it's Godet or whoever fills that role can come in and, and put up 15, 20, 25 points, but also put up a hundred ish hits. I think that would only be a bonus for Toronto. I think that the 200, 211 hits like more than Simmons, Clifford, Spetsa, whoever is part of that graphic or stat. I think that's obtainable because Zach Ashton Reese, especially, he's like has one of the best uh, defensive defensive ratings like analytically in, in the league. Like he might be one of the best defensive minor players. Oh, so I feel oh, like Charles yeah. trying to use him in PK situations. Uh, like I feel like this line is not only so. In my opinion, last year, if you're talking, if you're comparing fourth lines, just like kind of what we've just talked about, quick. Goddad, who's ever the center, I think the 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 benefit to this team is Toronto usually put the fourth line on last last year when they're in the offensive zone because like they'd cycle yeah. the puck whatever. But once they got beat the other way, you know, like it was kind of mm-hmm. like oh gosh. But this this line, I feel like you can play. You Toronto doesn't need to double shift Matthews all the time. Like yeah, it's great because you can get potentially hit sixty or seventy uh, sixty five seventy goals this year. Like that'd be great. But at the same time, it also gives them a little bit of rest so that potentially when the playoff time comes, they're not burnt down after two games. And I know you yeah. can argue they're not necessarily always burnt down, but when you're playing 80, 75 games and you're producing at a 100-point clip, playing 17 to 25 minutes a game, whatever you're playing, come playoff time, like obviously you get burnt down, especially with the media in Toronto. Like it's, it's not just a physical burnout. So hopefully these players that they're finally getting um, can help guide Toronto into the right direction. Yeah. And actually, didn't trying he win a cup in Pittsburgh, right? With uh, Pittsburgh, yeah, I'm pretty sure, yeah. And the the second of the two that they won, I think he was on the team. Pardon me, um, but I wasn't trying to I wasn't trying to say that he couldn't produce at that clip. I was just saying to go from 13 minutes a game to potentially 8 minutes a game, like your numbers are going to decrease a bit, even if it is hits, which may not be the most accurately tracked stat, but that 5 minute difference of you not being on the ice will will hinder your stats from from being at the same production that they were yeah no that yeah i agree i agree with that um but i I also agree when you said that toronto you it seemed like they 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 put matt uh spezza and simmons and whoever else was on the last line at the time they kind of rotated amongst a number of players at certain times but yeah it was always not not necessarily a defensive liability but you were always kind of uneased or at, at an unease uh, when they had to go back on defense because they they were more suited to cycle the puck and, and just wear down the other team. 
But yeah, now with yeah. Austin Reese, who has good defensive metrics numbers, and Abe Kubel, who, barring the maybe the Stanley Cup final, was was a good depth role player for Colorado last year. Um, I think yeah, it 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 makes it a little easier if if the puck goes the other way when they're on the ice. Yeah, I I, uh, I think in a sense, I feel like. I know that we've been talking on on this PTO. Obviously, it's Toronto, so we apologize if you're really excited to hear the rest. But I feel like in this situation, it's also do or die for Keith and Dubas. So they're trying to maybe step outside their, well, not so much Keith, but Dubas. Like these are similar players that he'd bring in. Like yeah, Cali Yarncroke, he's still got the connection. He was his agent, blah blah blah. But it's like these type of players that they're bringing in. It almost feels like that he's stepping outside his comfort zone a little bit more. And bring in guys yeah. like a Billy Bean style with Oakland, like okay, they're not fighting like regular Toronto fans want. Let's, let's throw some play. hits. Yeah, let's throw some hits. Let's uh, block shots, kill penalties. Yeah, utilize you so that Matthews and Marners and Nylanders and Tavares don't again burn out or wear out. But like, I would never expect Kyle Dubas to me when he first came in. It was I thought it was just going to be like a, a top nine of just finesse style players, which I mean we had at one point like more finesse style players and then we've kind of slowly went from finesse with a little bit of grit to a little bit more grit uh that year with like five thirty plus year olds and then now yeah. we're well, we're into like even, middle aged guys who can produce. Even this team wait, did you say top six or bomb six? I think I said top six but I meant bomb six, sorry. Oh okay. I was gonna say even like this team the only two really flashy players that we have are Nylander and Marner. Like Matthews with his um, puck stealing ability and Tavares more maybe not the traditional power forward but on the Toronto's lineup he's more of a power forward kind of bump in front of the net. Yeah. Um, And then bunting where he gets in the corners and digs and, and gets under player skins and then even Kerfoot can be and then Matthews too with their defensive abilities uh but yeah i thought you said top six but yeah you meant bomb six which i agree with it seems that we're we're switching like mckayev's gone and replaced with yarn who's more in my opinion anyway better defensively than mckayev was uh spets is gone not that spets was bad defensively but uh, abe kubel and zakos and reese are are good defensive players and then the rest of them is going to be with role players, so yeah, I think that's a good point. Um, and also, another thing I think is super funny and interesting is when we did our uh free agency special, whatever, like we were kind of in that boat. Like, I, I can't say that we weren't, but we were kind of like this team is kind of like the signings that we made were kind of not the signings that we expected, this, that, the other, and then halfway through the offseason we kind of let off that and kind of moved on and other people were like, this team sucks, blah, 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 blah. And then they signed Ashton, Ashton Reese to a, uh, to a PTO and everyone's just like, I love this team. The bomb six is stacked. Yeah. This could be a Stanley Cup winner. It's like, it's funny how one or two players, like once we got y- yarn croak, I feel like everyone kind of let the, like stepped off Kyle Lewis's neck and was like, okay, you can breathe. Yeah. And then they kind of went back on when you saw, this person sign or this person get a PTO or this, that, the other. And then Ashton Reese, who I know from listening to podcasts, like Elliot Freeman's podcast, he said that his contract, like Ashton Reese's ideal salary is like 800,000. So it's, that's obtainable for Toronto, highly attainable. Yeah. But it's like, well, just one extra player and everyone's like, Oh, Kyle Dubas, greatest GM of all time. But two weeks in the season, they're going to be back into like stepping on his yeah. neck. So he can't breathe. Which I think at the time when free agency first started and and we didn't really do much, then we added your own croak. But I think the in typical Toronto Leaf Maple Leaf uh, fan fashion and fan base, uh, everybody kind of just jumped off the bandwagon a bit and and was like throwing insults and 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 ridicule at at everybody involved because they weren't signing the players they wanted to. But if you actually looked at it, the only two forwards that we technically really lost were Mikheyev and Spezza. And while yeah. Mikheyev was good at times, like there was times 
even even like early last season or at times late last season where he went on stretch stretches where he he wasn't that good like overall season he had he was what almost 30 points or around 30 points which is good for a third fourth line guy but if he if he would have produced at that rate all season instead of going in stretches where like there was a stretch of games i think it was like early january late december where like he every time he shot he, he like he was missing the net it was just basic shots at the goalie the easy saves with the goalie so and i get that maybe that he was a fan favorite but i think it was more along the lines of a panic because we lost again in the first round and yeah everybody expected maybe there to be one or two big changes and when that didn't happen but then when when you actually think about it like we didn't really lose that many key pieces and i think the pieces that we replaced the ones we did lose can be better fit and have a better role on the team than than a Spets and McKay of etc. Yeah, you know it's actually hilarious is uh I heard the other day that there's a there's a slight rumor that Ilya McKayev might be on the top line in Vancouver. So let's yeah. just say their top line is I mean it's it's unlikely because there's a, there's rumors and allegations that JT Miller and Elias Patterson don't really get along. But let's just say their top line is McKayev, JT Miller and Elias Patterson. JT Miller is going to be the most consistent player on that line because Pedersen and McKay are the same two people. Like they go on mad stretches. Yeah. So that's going to hinder Vancouver if they put them on the same line. They're both absolute dog water. Yeah. Um, just, right, we'll, real quick, we'll I, a... I, just real quick. I think the only, the only, um, what's the word? Um, like you, you'll see McKay's absence really, I think will be on the PK. And I think that showed later last year where he, he he was great on the penalty kill. Yeah. Where he he scored what five six goals in the last three four weeks of the season or just over a month of the season. So I I don't think that Abe Kubel or Ryan Kroko or whoever fills that role in the penalty kill can kind of they might be able to obviously this is all hypothetical, but I don't see them getting as many penalty kill goals in in that role as McKay did, which not isn't necessarily that's not a bad thing. Obviously, all the goals you score helps you win the game, but, but like as long as they can kill them off, I don't think people would have a problem. But I think that's the only—that's when you're going to see the absence of McKay the most. If if he he this season he does the same as last season, uh, yeah, I agree. With on that. the penalty kill, where where he he could, especially late in the season, where he was putting in goals on the PK, like often, right? Yeah, he he probably scored. I don't even know how many goals he scored last year, but he probably scored like. I'd say probably two thirds of them on the PK. Yeah, I think he had around fifteen or seventeen or something like that. I think. So, um, I guess we'll see. But uh, for the price, I would take Callyarn Croak and Ashton Reese and uh, Bell Kube, or I think I said his name uh, wrong again. Abe. Yeah, you said it backwards. Abe yeah. Bell. If if we have the tec- technical skills, he had he had okay. twenty one last year. Twenty one. If we have the technical skills, next episode or all this season, I think every episode I want to get a tick, like a ticker in the corner or whatever, of every time I say someone's name wrong, because I'm going to be the next Don Cherry. <laughs> like Don Cherry will be like, Zach Bagusian, or uh, whatever else he says. Like he, it, he'll say everything wrong, and I feel like that's going to be me. It, re- it reminds me of when we like were playing like NHL 13 or 12, and uh, we saw Dustin Bufflin's name for the first time, and we just kept calling oh, yeah. him by Fuglian because that's how it was spelled. Yeah. And then when we watched the game with him in it, and they started saying Bufflin or Bufflin, we're like, "Who the hell is this guy? Like, where's by Fuglian?" Yeah. So I feel like that's just going to you all year. Is you're going to say Abel Kube or whatever the hell you said? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's that's a usual thing that I I have happened to me. Is like I'm reading someone's name, and I'll put the um like. For example, it's how how do you say his name? Abel Abe Kubel. Ab, Ab, yeah, sure, but I'll I'll reverse them. So like as I did yeah. the first time, I've said Abel Kube or whatever, and it's actually opposite. Yeah. I, I don't even know what that's called, but I don't know what why I do that. I just always feel like I do that, and I, I think it's hilarious. But yeah, so I think instead of getting made fun of, I'll make fun of myself, and I want to try and add a ticker to, you know, so that we can do like an over under bet of. How many names um, get wrong? Yeah, like, am I going to say someone's name wrong over or under 10 times? It's probably going to be over because I feel like it's already at seven. 
And we have a lot of players coming up in the rookie game. I have no idea how to say their names, so we'll uh, we'll we'll get there. Um, yeah, Scott is the go-to reader and the go-to name speller. Anything, anything to do with English, Scott's that guy. I mean, I wouldn't say anything, but I do have a knack yeah, well, for saying names for some reason. Yeah, and I have a knack for not being really able to read. So now awesome. that I said that, I'm going to mess up the first name I say. But yeah, probably. Um, so we'll take a step away from Toronto. I just want to throw out that because like we will be doing our ad, uh, we'll have our advertisements from DraftKings and Raycon. Make sure you check out the Raycon uh, headphones for sure. I was looking at them. Super, super, super nice. I, well, me, me and Scott went to Walmart in our, in our city a couple weeks back. What was it? Actually, probably like this week, right? Yeah, it was, uh. Two days ago, three days ago? Actually, I think, I think it was almost a week ago. It was like last weekend, wasn't it? Saturday, Sunday? Something like that. Scott picked up the new phone. And, uh, like, well, not the new, new iPhone, but one of the new iPhones. And I was, look, I was just curious, browsing around while he was getting, like, through all the stuff. And I saw these other headphones. Man, it's just, like, just the price of headphones now. Like, just over-the-head ear, ear, like, whatever the heck they're called. I guess they're just headphones in general. But yeah, they're just super expensive. Like Beats by Dre, like 139. Like that's absurd. So, I mean, if you look at them, the Raycon ones, they're, they're very in price, but they seem to be just as high quality. Like just as, uh, I guess, top top of the brand quality, which is kind of cool for half the price or a quarter of the price, whatever whatever um, original brand you're going to, whether it be AirPods, Beats by Dre, whatever, whatever, Bob Marley's. So check them out because I might actually buy myself a pair uh, for the podcast. I just have these cheap ones from Giant Tiger, and well, they just suck ass. Uh, so, anyways, uh, DraftKings. For those who don't know, Giant Tiger is like a multi-purpose convenience. I feel like there's Giant store. Tigers in the states, but, yeah, but I don't know about maybe any not other in, places. Yeah. It's it's kind of like a Walmart, but in, but cheaper. Not as yeah, not as as well known, I guess, or or, or high profile. It's kind of like when people say it's he's it's like the wish version store. of Kevin Hart. Giant Tiger is <laughs> like the wish version of Walmart. Yeah, they kind of sell everything, just not at, at as a at a mass scale. Yeah, I got these gaming headphones that I use. It's even got the gaming mic. I don't use it, but it plugs into my microphone. It's got these two cords that plug into each other, and these two cords always fumble, and I can barely hear you guys on one ear, but or one. Uh, headphone the whole time it, it annoys me so if you get some higher quality ones but i don't want to spend eight hundred dollars on headphones so i'm going to try and use the discount that we get like the promo code and try and get some ones from Raycon. uh quickly because kyle's not here he's the betting guy so yeah. we're gonna move on from the betting segment but we will get our word from our sponsors from DraftKings later so make sure you write down that promo code then make sure you bet on some football games because especially Scott, did you hear about the promo or the, yeah, the promotion that they have going on? Uh, no, I haven't heard anything about it yet. No. So if we bet, say this Sunday, we bet $10 and the team we bet yeah. on, let's say we bet on the Patriots. If they are up by 10 points at right. any point in the game, you win, you win money. I mean, like How obviously much? it's football. I don't know what the, I don't know. I guess it depends on what your, what, what the over unders or, what the uh, whatever it's called, I have no yeah, idea about betting. Not. Yeah, the odds. Um, but yeah, so listen, like for anyone listening to this podcast, listen to the advertisement, the ad rate for DraftKings, because yeah, if you bet and your team's up by ten points at any point in the game, you do win money. So that's kind of cool as hell because like if you bet ten dollars, then it's so works out that you win twenty five. Sweet, you know what I mean? Like yeah, usually you gotta. Bad. Bet ten dollars and then you have to wait till the game's over. And if you lose, you lose. But yeah, and, win and by yeah, money's money. So even if you're winning twenty five bucks, that's still more twenty five more than you had, or I guess maybe not twenty five more, potentially yeah. fifteen more if you bet ten bucks. But it's still more money than you had when you started betting. So exactly, but make sure that you're legal age and you fit the eligibility that DraftKings has. So yeah. uh, we'll always have at the bottom of our podcast on any network. We'll always have the terms. Um, and uh, places to call if you're if you're addicted or knows someone who's addicted. So check that out as well. 
All right, back to the PTOs. Yeah, be, 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 uh, be reasonable, obviously. Yes, and if you do have a gambling addiction, I know it's tough. I was a gambling. I was a gambling addicted. I was addicted to some slots one time. Yeah, one. Remember? Spencer was such a gambler at one point that they wrote this song about him. It's called "The Gambler." Oh yeah, by what's his face? Yeah, yeah, based on Spencer's life. Yeah. Nah, I'm all jokes aside. Gambling is a serious addiction. But yeah, I I went to slots one time with a casino, put in two dollars or three dollars, whatever the heck the thing was. I ended up winning like thirty bucks. I said to my girlfriend, or my girlfriend said to me, "Hey." She went to school at the time, so she took the bus. She said, "Take that or withdraw that money. It can be my bus ticket back." I said, "Don't worry, I got this." She looked away, came back, gone. Money was gone. And ever since then, <laughs> I just for like I don't know, probably like six months, I just played slots on my phone every day to try and try and get oh, yeah, that. But then, yeah, then I realized like, damn, if I actually went to a slot machine, I'd have no money left. So make sure if you ever feel that you're getting an addiction to it, call the number and get help. Because you could lose your house yeah. or your wife and your kids. Um, anyways, uh, back to PTOs. I want to touch on this one, and I want your opinion on this, because I, I kind of like their team a little bit. It's sneaky, but I really don't want to admit it on air because it's Toronto's rival. But uh, Ottawa did sign uh, Derek Broussard and Michael DeCole to uh, PTOs. Michael DeCole, you he, he may not have heard of him. He spent most of the time with the Islanders and the farm team. Similar to a Josh Hosang situation. Um, and Broussard, he's like, I don't know, 35 plus, I would imagine. He's a little bit yeah, older. He's older. But like, Ottawa's sneaky good, man. Like, I'm yeah, not saying they're going to make the playoffs, but their team, on, I, I, I said this to you today, they built a team in one season like I built the team in one season in NHL 22. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, that's just on paper. I mean, not saying that they won't do good. I'm sure that I think I have them. Not that my predictions or anything are any kind of relevant or important, but I think they'll finish in and around what the the second wild card, whether that's in the wild card or like to like the spot below or like a couple points back. But I, I I just feel like that they're the players that they have that are supposed to be the the core of their team aren't quite there yet. I think it'll it'll be another year or two before they they make that next step. And these players that they've added, the Jerus and the Broussard, and even Michael Docole, who hasn't really had much of a success in the NHL, but played, what, five, six years in the AHL? Yeah. Is still considered a veteran. Like, you still have to be some kind of skilled to play in the NHL. So, obviously, he, he knows what to do to keep a role on a team. Like, they'll obviously be important factors in, in helping them take the next step, but I, I just don't see them. Like everybody has, some people have them slotted as the best team in the Atlantic. Yeah. Some people have them like bumping the Leafs down to the playoffs. I, I, I just, unless it's a wild card spot, I don't see them making the playoffs until either next year or maybe the year after. Just looking up, did Derek Broussard play for the um, Sens before? Yeah, he did. 2016, yeah, 2017. Yeah. He played. Um, the full year and fifty games. Like and like yeah, I, I agree. Like they they have a sneaky good team, and they could surprise everybody. They could surprise me. Maybe not everybody because some people have them higher up in the standings. But so yeah, just to me, it, it's just going to be another couple years, even a year. Oh, I agree. Until they they make that next step, and they're they're competing with Tampa, Toronto, Florida, if Florida does good, uh, Boston if Boston does good as the best in the division, like like some people have them listed as. I think that this the year that they are having right now will be very similar to maybe not the outcome, but the pressure on their team is so uh, lax because it's Ottawa, like they're going through a rebuild. But it's similar of the less pressure just going to play to Austin Matthews' first year at the Leafs. When it was like, if they don't make the playoffs, they don't make the playoffs. If they do, great. And I think that's going to be like Ottawa. If they miss the playoffs by a small margin, like, then they'll just kind of not uh, retool a little bit. They'll probably bring in a couple extra players, get rid of a couple of players, whatever, whatever. But like, I, I just have this feeling that they're going to, Boston's going to struggle a bit because they basically without half their team. And I just have this feeling that's it's going to be a, a tight race between Detroit, Ottawa, and Ottawa. And then I think, yeah. what? Detroit, Ottawa, and Ottawa. 
I, I meant I, I meant Detroit and Ottawa, but I said Detroit, Ottawa, Ottawa. My apologies. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, and I also would go to say that if Austin Matthews signs another contract with Toronto, okay, I and would if, say if Chris Johnson reports are true, then that's pretty much one hundred percent confirmed. Yeah, that which he's supposed I, to resign with the Leafs. I truly do not want to talk about this all year. That's the thing. But everyone's going to make us talk about it all year. But well, if Toronto, if no, we're gonna to have to. If Austin no. Matthews signs a contract with Toronto Maple Leafs to extend and stay here, I have a feeling for the next five years, or sorry, in five years or less, the top four in the Atlantic will be Toronto, Detroit, Ottawa, Montreal. I mean, it's not that hard to predict. Like obviously that could happen, but I feel like Tampa Bay is gonna screw themselves when all their main guys get a little bit older. Florida's going to suck, I feel like, in the coming years. And I don't even know who's left in that division, but basically, yeah. Uh, Florida, Boston, Tampa, and... Oh, yeah, and Boston, I, I feel like they have no choice. This should have been the year that they rebuild because they could have potentially got... I mean, they wouldn't tank Buffalo. that bad. And Oh, Buffalo. And I think Buffalo's going to be up there in the wild card. Like, Buffalo's going to be... I really like Buffalo a lot. But Boston, I feel like Boston's going to be that one team that should have potentially tried to quote unquote tank this season. Because the top 10 in this draft is supposed to be stacked. And they could have gotten an extra player. Say they got that Michkov from Russia who's dropped because of the war. Um, and then he potentially kept Pashanak there. You know, like, it, I mean, the only bad thing about this Michkov guy is he's actually locked up until like 2025. So it would have been hard, but that was a bad example. But you know, you understand what I mean, right? Like this should have been potentially the year that Boston should have tried to, yeah, just to have that extra big name potential big name guy coming. Yeah, to try and keep some things together. Yeah, yeah. Because like, if Pashnak leaves, then Taylor Hall is like your best player. Because Brad Marchand's basically like, some people are saying that. Excuse me. Some people are saying that he'll he'll never be the same player. Which I mean, he, he most likely will. Let's be real. But with the double hip surgery, yeah. Just me. So, anyways, let's get a uh, let's go two more on the list of PTOs. We'll do our ad break. We'll do the rookie game, and then we'll come back and finish the PTOs. Yeah. So uh, we'll do we'll do a couple teams at once here, just so we can speed because some of them aren't necessarily that important, but they're they're just bigger name players who who have been in the NHL and have maybe had history with the Leafs. So. Uh, the next ones we have are Thomas Hickey and Zach Senechin to the Islanders and Jimmy Vc to the Rangers. Yeah. Which, Jimmy Vc. Um, I mean, uh, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, former Leaf. I think he, he when he first broke in from college. the was, Rangers. Yeah, but he was supposed to be, like, Toronto was a front-runner for him, too. Yeah, and he was actually drafted, I think, by Buffalo. And then yeah. he went back. And now he chose the Rangers again. Like, I mean, I mean, he'll just replace like Tyler Mott. Yeah. Who, by the way, also signed with Ottawa. Oh yeah, that was today. Yeah. 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 uh, David Pagnotta, who didn't have, when I got the list from his Twitter page, it it didn't have him listed. So. Yeah, but he actually signed, signed, not a PTO. One year, one point three. Oh yeah, yeah, one, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not a PTO. But he'll just replace that like checker. Not a yeah. lot of, not a lot of pressure the, on him. The, the depth guy who can just go out there and there was so much pressure on him when he came to Toronto because he was him. friends with Alex Kerfoot. And then they played him on that line, and then they played him in the top six, and then they eventually played him in the top nine, and then eventually he didn't play. It's like yeah. he didn't really like. I mean, he. I don't think. I think he was. I don't think he amounted to what he was supposed to be. But I, I think that Coach Keith kind of. Uh, shit the bet on that one on, on where think, to put him. You say Coach Keith? Coach Keith. Oh, Keith. I've, I forgot his first name, so I just said Coach. Sheldon? Yeah, I, I've realized that after I said it. but And then Hickey and Senechin to the Islanders. I don't know what the Islanders did this offseason, but well, I mean, they did nothing. Like, everybody expected them to go out and get Kadri or, or Goudreau or whoever other big-name guys were there to, to kind of come in and, and re- put the inspiration back in the team kind of sliding down the standings a bit last year and the year before. But then they, they did nothing. Like, I think this is the second – I think they had a signing at some point 
in the later off season, but I think this is like the second thing they did all off season that is of any relevance. And these yeah, two the guys are probably not even going to make the team. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I, I mean, like for additions, I think, I they think had, Thomas Hickey also played with the Islanders before, didn't he? Didn't he come uh, into the league with the Islanders and then he went to yeah, LA? Yeah, I think so. But I don't, I, I don't even see these two potentially even making yeah. the team. And if they do, I don't think they'll, they won't have an important role. So I don't know. I don't, I don't know if Lou Lamorello just waited too long on the big name guys and, and everything else he wanted to do was already gone or I, I heard his, his issue that there was, but I heard that some people were saying that there's rumors out of the Island, uh, New York Islanders camp or team that um, they actually thought that they, if it wasn't for COVID and if it wasn't for playing like 15 games to start the year on the road, they would have been a playoff team. So I think they're trying to run it back. However, it is funny that see. Zach Shenenshin or whatever his name is, is actually like he was a depth. Sorry, I feel like that was a lot of sorry, guys. Uh, depth 13th forward on Ottawa last year. And then he, now he's going to, I mean, he probably won't make the Islanders, but he, he could just because they haven't done anything. So it's like it shows that teams are improving and like if the Islanders use him in their bomb nine and he wasn't good enough to make Ottawa. Yeah. It's kind of I mean, funny and because... they, they could surprise, but I don't I don't see the Islanders doing I mean, I don't know exactly how many points they had last year. I think they were closer to a wild card than, than Ottawa and Montreal and then but I I don't maybe the second wild card, but I don't see them making the playoffs this year. I think um Washington, Carolina, and Pittsburgh are going to be the three that make it out of that division. And then the wild card will just be Toronto's Atlantic division. Whether that's Florida, Boston, Montreal, Ottawa, Buffalo. Oh, and the Rangers on the other side. I forgot I forgot they existed for a second there. Oh, um, yeah. But I, I, I just don't see the Islanders making the play. Even if, even if the, the stories are true and that's what happened last year, I, I don't see them doing any better this year than they did last year, even if they had those 15 games difference or the COVID difference or whatever. Um, Does this, let's say, Eric Stahl to Edmonton? Yeah, I don't know why I put, that was just a mistake on my part. When I was looking at his list, I saw Edmonton and just wrote it down, but it's actually Florida. Oh, okay. I was going to say, like, did Florida yeah. already release him? That was, that was the last thing I wrote down, and underneath the Florida one was the Edmonton one, so I just wrote down Edmonton real quick because when we were starting, but it's actually Florida. Oh, okay. I just was curious. But the reason I wrote down the Islander one is so we could talk a bit about Lamorello because people are still, you see on Twitter how um, they wish, like Leafs fans, some Leafs fans are like, he should have stayed. He would have brought a different dynamic to the team that would have helped us make the playoffs, that would have made us win around, yada, yada, yada. But mm-hmm. I, I added that. Not that the Islanders are important to this podcast, but just to just to kind of show that Lou Lamorello isn't the the uh, be all end all GM that that some people crack him up to be because this offseason he's done absolutely nothing to try to help the Islanders. And uh, yeah, yeah, I don't I don't think they're going to be any better off than last year. Yeah, I I pretty much can't stand Lou Lamorello, but um, okay, let's get a word from our sponsors. And then uh, we'll come back, we'll talk about the rookie camp, and then we'll knock off the rest of the kind of more unimportant um, or unimportant uh, PTOs. All right. Well, then we'll recap next week, and we'll get going. Uh, so write down this promo code. It's not actually that hard. It's literally just THPM. Uh, sorry, THPN, sorry. And, yeah, um, bet this weekend. We'll be back. The NFL's opening week was action-packed, and it's just getting started. Get ready for week two of touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. Want more action? Everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings' early win promotion. It's simple. This Sunday, Bet on any NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 points at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to get $200 in free bets instantly. When you place a $5 bet on any football game, that's code is T 
THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Lately, I've been listening to a lot of Leafs Guy with Jim Taddy presented by the Hockey Podcast Network, and it's been a great experience. One of the reasons why it's been great to listen to is because I use my Raycon wireless earbuds to do it. Raycon's everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever. With their optimized gel tips and perfect in-ear fit that provides you 8 hours of playtime and 32 hours of battery life. And they're priced just right. You get quality audio at half the price of other premium audio brands. It's no wonder Raycon's everyday earbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews. Some of my personal favorite features of these headphones are their earbud tap functions and their noise isolation feature. I use these all the time at the gym. So go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off. All right, we're back. THPN. Write that code down. Put it in. I don't exactly know how DraftKings work. Never used it. Scott, have you ever used it? Uh, no, I've never used it. All right. Kyle probably would have. Unfortunately, he can't be here. Again, he sucks. We'll move on. <laughs> Scott, let's break down the rookie game. Let's do a little overview. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, unfortunately, me and Spencer had a dinner to go to with our brother Matt, who's getting married, and our sister Anna. Kind of like a younger, youngest four of the family, kind of last dinner before uh, our brother Matt got married. So we didn't actually get to watch the game or kind of follow along, but we we did see that Toronto won six two over Dallas, and uh, the the player the rookies or players who did score for Toronto were Pavel Gogolev, Curtis Douglas, Semyon Durargachinsev, Nick Robertson, and Graham Sligert. Curtis Douglas, big guy. Yeah, I found Super it interesting that guy. coming coming into this season, Douglas, uh, Durarguchinsev, and Robertson were all kind of high profile uh, yeah. watches and going into preseason, maybe even making the team as the bottom six guys, depending on who plays well in the preseason. And then those three of the of the six goals, those three contributed. Yeah, it's and only a bonus thing. Uh... Kind of makes the preseason more exciting because if they can do that in the preseason, then it just adds to the, 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 the hype. Um, yeah, and the the question of of who's actually going to be on the team because as much as some people like to profess Toronto isn't, they do. Even if it's just bomb six, they have quite a deep core of of guys who are looking to make spots on the team coming from the HL. Yeah, and there's also I forget his name, but he's Swedish or Finnish, and he's coming over this year. And Kyle Dubas said that he could have a high chance Holmgren, something like that. Slips uh, my mind. It's not even that important, but look for some of these players that we're mentioning in the coming weeks. Well, I guess actually, yeah, like two weeks because it's the preseason starts in like ten days. But just look for some of these players. Look up Toronto's in the system on their on their website and and just note mental note or write down some of these players that you see because some of these players could crack the lineup like Nick Robertson. It's his time to shine. I see him slotting in on the second line if he makes the team. Yeah. And apparently, uh, I saw on Twitter before we started that Nick Abruzzi had a good a good showing. Yeah, I think he set up the Semyon Durar-Guchinsev goal on a nice yeah, play. So he's, he's also I don't know who that is. I only know who Nick Abruzzi is. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Nick Abruzzi. <laughs> um, and also, uh, uh, Charles, so Charles yeah, goalie made like just, a wicked save. Well, I don't know which... Which goalie? I didn't see the who. Well, he he's just a goalie on an eight, on an amateur tryout. Um, yeah. But I'm just looking at it right at this current second. He made like a Patrick Walk love save. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Not that, um, that matters, but. but. Well, no, but I mean potentially because if he can impress, he might make the HL, maybe, and then yeah, impressing the impressing the HL, maybe a couple years he can slot in as backup or or depending on his development, whatever. But I just the Abruzzi, Abru whatever his name is, 
Some people say it differently. I just thought that was interesting because last year he, when he was on the team for the last month or just under a month, he, what he had, a, he had, I mean, quite a bit of hype coming from him to make the team and then to show what he can do. And I don't really think he did a lot. So if he can impress preseason and bring some of that hype back of, of people jumping back on the bandwagon of, of the college kids coming for the Leafs, I think yep. that, the, yeah, like the previous guys we mentioned who scored, would they just add to the, the fun of watching preseason and the, the hype and, and questions of who's actually going to be on the team? Because, yeah, if they can keep going the way they're going in preseason, then it, yeah, it's just going to be fun to watch. Yeah, so make sure you tune in next week because, like Scott had mentioned, there's going to be a lot of fun this preseason, and there's a lot of um, battles, positional battles, and there's also a theory out there that Toronto might wave Justin Hall. If they wave him oh, really? and he clears, yeah, if they wave him and he clears, he goes down, that salary comes off their books, but then they can call him up when they need because he's already cleared waivers, allegedly, because he's already cleared waivers, he doesn't need to go back down until yeah. I think he, until like a certain amount of time passes when he's up or whatever. But if he can clear waivers, which I mean, chances are he's probably not going to because he could be a top six defenseman on other teams, especially teams like Anna or Arizona or whatever. But it's not like, like Toronto could get a third form. They could get a roster player or whatever. But the rumor is if that's the case and they do actually waive him, then that means uh, Sandine will probably get signed. There's also Victor Mete and Jordy Ben fighting for a chance to be an extra. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, but, uh, they, yeah. they have to do something because as of right now, they're over the cap, right? Right. Like around 2 yeah. million or something. So yeah, they have but to I mean, like Wayne Simmons and Kyle Clifford are on their uh, cap-friendly page, and they probably oh, yeah, won't start true. the year on the team, which will clear up like $2 million. But then they still have to sign Sandine, so they have yeah. to do something to, to clear up. Well, they have to get him done. From what I understand is this theory is only if, only if Sandine gets signed. Like if there's a mm-hmm. deal for Sandine, yeah. then allegedly it's it could be Justin Hall. But also, I forget who was on the radio the other day. Someone was on the radio, and they said that this preseason is going to be the most important preseason that we've seen in a while because the cap's so tight. So players are going to be, or teams are going to be looking for players that are either on PTOs or cheap deals or expiring deals that they can try and get, whether it be a third team or just that team to retain, or they can just ch- take on that ch- cheap contract. And Justin Hall makes what two million? Uh, yeah, around there, I think. Excuse me, two point five, which is relatively cheap. Um, yeah. So we'll see. So make sure that like, ch- tune in next week for our positional battles and breakdown and and predictions. But um, like, yeah, I, I would definitely tune into all of those preseason games because although it's boring at the beginning, by the end of the preseason, by the sixth game, there's six or f- fifth or sixth game, there's going to be some sweet positional battles, and you'll see how the team takes form. Yeah. Um, um, and just just real quick, back to the rookie game, I want to do one last thing. Um, I can't remember his first name now. I think it's Mikhail Abramov. Uh, yeah. He was going into the, the start of the, the game, this tournament, the Traverse City, whatever it's called. Um, he was originally not listed on the roster at all, and people were kind of shocked by that. But then I saw on Twitter that he was actually, for today's game, listed as a healthy scratch or a scratch, which isn't – I mean – I remember hearing about him. I don't know. You might know more about him, but I'm pretty, isn't he one of Toronto's bigger minor league up-and-coming prospects? Yeah, I think he was, but I think it's kind of like the Nick Robertson thing versus Matthew Nyes. Like, eventually, it's um, kind of like the novelty Other people are off and, along and, yeah. Yeah, pushed him out. Like, he was he was a bigger prospect when uh, SDA and, and Robertson and all these other players were coming back or coming in. Yeah. But I think now it's kind of like, I feel like he's just a AHO stud for Toronto. Hmm. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. But I mean, like, the, so was Sean Horton supposed to be. Like, this is always an example that I, I think of is like Sean Horton played, Sean Horton, Sean Thornton played 500 AHO games before he even made to the NHL. So, like, some of these players that Toronto has on their farm team, like, say, for example, Curtis Douglas, he could play for three years, four years, and then go to, Montreal and become a second or third line player because the system's different. He gets a chance, this, that, the other. So it's not like look at just 
Look at Justin Hall. Pardon me? I mean, hey, well, exactly, look at Justin yeah. Hall. He was, what, 20, 26, 27 when the Leafs finally made him a full-time roster player? Yeah. So, so I mean, yeah, I, I guess mean, down and, the line and, and, if there's a spot for him, but. Sean Horton, or Sean Horton, Sean Thornton is also the first, I think, and only NHL player to ever play 500 AHL and 500 NHL games. So don't oh, give yeah. up on your dreams for anyone listening yeah. because you never know what could happen. Like you could be an AHL player Even, making 125k and then get a call. Yeah. yeah. Um. True. But yeah, this is even. A, sorry, pardon me. I said that's true. Oh, um. This this tournament, it's only. I think they play St. Louis next on Friday. It's only like four or five games. So, try and tune in. I I, I think that you have to watch it through the NHL network. I, I, Live bar and hockey TV. I'm sure has it. What's going? Yeah. Um, is it a new thing? Because it, it kind of reminds me of the uh, rookie camp tournament thing that they do in the NBA. Oh, I, yeah. I, this is the first year I've heard of it. I don't I don't know league? if it's just I never paid attention. Yeah. I don't know if I've never really paid attention enough during the beginning of the off or end of the offseason, preseason. I was more focused on, like, the main team and who was going to make the team. But, yeah, I think it's an actual cool idea. It gives you a chance to see all the guys in the system who you may not have a chance to see because – you either don't watch the AHL or they're overseas or, or they're just coming in into the AHL this year. I don't, so I don't actually I don't know, know uh, 100% because of COVID. So, like, it would have been hard to get all these prospects and stuff. Well, yeah, um, but I, I mean, is, it like, is that like a like it's only been around for three or four years then? I don't know. I don't even remember if it was around before COVID. But I do think it's cool, like you said, because now – when the Marlies do their training camp, now it's kind of like some of these players that get signed. Oh, I mean, myself. You're, you're, Sorry. Yeah. Amateur <laughs> tryouts. Uh, all yeah. these players that do get signed, now Toronto can now pick through and say, okay, yeah. we'll take three of the seven. And then the players that don't make the NHL team will go down there and it, it kind of all fields down rather than have like 16 players signed to amateur tryouts and then try and do a, a training camp and a preseason and all this other stuff. So I don't know how yeah. long it's been around. I, I truly don't. I don't remember if it was around before COVID or not because COVID took up so much time. Um, but I, I feel like it would have been hard to put all these players together in one area for COVID. Yeah. Well, true. I just didn't know if it's like a 10 year thing or, or like a three, four year thing. I just, this is the first year, even on Twitter, I've heard seen people talk. I didn't see them talk about the last couple of years. So I didn't know if it was new or not. And also another thing that I've I've realized from this is Toronto always puts out information one to two days before. Some teams are putting it out three, four, five days before. Toronto always holds for media releases. So when they're putting out their training camp rosters, their inv- invitational um, or invites for training camp, whatever, look for one to two days before training camp. And I think I saw today it's only 10 days before or 10 days too. Because I think the first yeah. preseason game was against Ottawa on the 24th, like which is what, next Saturday? So, uh, yeah, yeah, um, which we won't be able to watch, but yeah, so next week, for anyone who cares, it might be a little bit different just because our brother's wedding is next weekend, so me and Scott are both in the wedding, so we might have to prepare for a couple things, uh, so we I mean might... we'll still we'll still have a new episode on Thursday, but yeah, the following the following episode, we might not be as. For the first couple of games, because the wedding and the the pre stuff and the after stuff. Yeah, but de- um, depending on the the things that happen, because the rehearsal dinner's on the Friday, I'm not 100 percent sure we'll 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 either be doing it on the Wednesday or the Thursday, just in case something we means God need to do anything last minute things yeah. before. But we'll still have a new episode every week with you. We forgot to mention that last week until Christmas, and then we're probably going to take a couple of weeks off for Christmas. Or maybe even yeah. the week Christmas. off for Christmas. I mean, I'm sure Christmas is big in most families, but specifically our family, Christmas is is a big deal. So, yeah, like November first is pretty much Christmas Eve. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, so back to the, the the last couple PTOs. Yeah. If if you want to finish here, um. Yeah, so so we the, got the next oh, couple guys. Sorry. The next couple of guys, we should. I'm just going to preface with. Uh, I wrote them down because they were guys I was either hoping Toronto would have signed to PTOs or, or I could could have seen them signing to PTOs. 
So guys like uh, Dylan Sprong to Seattle, Calvin Hahn, Derek Stebbin to Carolina, Ben Harper, James Neal, Victor Rast to Columbus. And then we I, I wrote down the Andrew Hampton and Eric Stahl to mistakenly Edmonton, but Florida just because of my Florida prediction, and I don't think that those two are really going to do anything to help them overcome anything. So I feel like my prediction is going to be solid. Yeah, and, and Danny DeKaiser to Vancouver. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I missed that one, yeah. And then uh... – yeah. So just guys, I, I like in the case of like a Dylan Sprong or Calvin DeHaan or even James Neal, guys I was hoping Toronto would have PTO'd just to have that depth. If they didn't sign them by the end of the preseason, then whatever, no loss because they weren't good enough to or didn't showcase, showcase enough. But I thought it would have been cool to have Dylan Sprong in the middle six or James Neal for the extra goal, goal yeah. scoring or even Calvin Hanna's depth defense if, if um, they do wave Justin Hall or, or – um, Victor Mete, Jordy Ben don't work out. Well, I think the other thing is Victor Mete requires waivers. I mean, there is the exemption period, well, I, I think, believe. But if he's in the already sent down before preseason, then he doesn't. Yeah, unless they call him up. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. It's like there is the exemption period, bef- like during the um, yeah. preseason, but then after the preseason set, uh, I think he requires waivers. The other thing that would have been cool, well. Also worth noting, Derek Stepan did play in Carolina last year, and I think he signed a PTO in Carolina last year as well before signing. So obviously he'll probably just, I'd imagine, sign. I can't, I can't imagine that they can't not use him. Um, James Neal spent almost, I'd say, probably a quarter or more of the year in St. Louis's farm team last year. But uh, Daniel Sprung, he's in that situation with, to me, is like Sonny Milano. And even PK Saban, it's like these players probably wouldn't be. I mean, maybe PK Saban, but Sonny Milano, unless there's some kind of attitude issue or something personal that's that's just not documented, Daniel Sprung and Sonny Milano were not two players that I thought that would be waiting this long to be signed. I thought yeah. they they would just be depth players with with contending teams. Even Edmonton, like Edmonton, comes to mind for both those players: Toronto, Tampa Bay, like teams like that that are like. Um, I mean, Toronto hasn't made it on the first round, yeah, but, like, conference finals favorites, like, that's what I thought. Divisional favorites, I thought those were the teams that would pick these guys up, as you mentioned before, but it's wild to me. It's absolutely wild to me. Like, Sonny Milano's still, like, there's got to be something there. Like, teams just, and Tyler Ennis signed with Russia today, like, in Russia. So, like, guys like him, like, he could put up what? When he was on Toronto, I really liked him. Like, he was a good depth player. You think that these players and like I also saw today Riley and Ash signed two years with Charlotte's uh, checkers. Like he was another guy that Toronto got for um, extra depth the other year, two years ago, the bubble year, and then um, Tampa Bay got last year, and now he's two years in the AHL, probably won't play in the NHL again. It's like what is happening? Yeah. Like why? I mean, why randomly such a big drop off in all these players? In, in the case of Toronto, I guess it 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 makes sense in a way. Um, if they don't see them as necessarily NHL players, in the case of like uh, I don't know, James Neal, let's say, or or Ben Harper, they don't have that taxi squad anymore, so they can't have seven, six, seven extra guys waiting to, yeah. to interchange into the lineup, right? And then with Zach Osterreese and Abe Kubel and and Nick Robertson and um, Cal Yarncroke and the other guys from the minors, I guess they just don't see the time and. Or the point, I guess, in in bringing in Sonny Milano, even though he'd be a nice addition to the team, maybe they're hoping that one of the guys they did sign, or or a guy who's looking to take the step, will just be as as efficient as a Milano or a Sprung or yeah, or a James Neal, etc. Well, like in Toronto's case now, like current day, it makes sense. At the beginning of the season or beginning of the offseason, I was like. I'll give you eighteen players. I think Toronto could fit. Like, could, could not all of of obviously not all of them, but like, here's a list of eighteen players that I think Toronto should go and talk to. Yeah. But now we've reached a point where it's like, okay, Toronto doesn't maybe make sense for all these players, but even a team like Chicago, and um, like I know teams don't want to play in Arizona, but Arizona, you're going to get paid. Like, say Sonny Milano, you, you sign in or PK Saban, you sign in Arizona, you sign for two million dollars, you're making. I don't even I don't even know their state taxes, but you're making two million dollars NHL NHL money. Okay, you're playing, which is the game that you wanted to play all your life, and then you get traded at the deadline or before even Christmas when trades start to potentially happen. 
and then you go to a competitor for half the time or half the money spent. Like they retain, you still get the full contract, but two teams are paying your salary now, and you're playing in the NHL. But instead, these players are going to pro like PK Saban. He's quote unquote weighing his options, and then there's rumors that there's no options because apparently he's being too picky. Yeah. Like, like those things, that thing. I, I'm not saying this happens in every case, but if I was in this situation today's cap, like where it's basically like teams are legitimately pinching pennies, and no teams came to me with a big five year contract for sixty million dollars, whatever. And let's just say Chicago came to me and said, like, yeah, we know you're going to be bad, but we'll give you a chance to play. You'll get NHL level money, and then you can we'll probably end up trading you similar similar to a Colin Blackwell or a Max Domi or an Athens U who all did that. We'll trade you at the deadline. I'll be like, well, like my only other option is to sit home on my couch and work out, and you know what I mean. So like, why wouldn't I? Yeah, or but I understand. Or well, yeah, but I understand why some of these players are waiting because they're probably in in ready, fit NHL level condition to mo to the most part. They might not be game ready, but like they're probably not going to be overweight and whatever. But then like once some of these PTOs don't work, maybe Sonam Milano gets a chance. You know what I mean? Like, I get it. It just at this point, it's like the season starts in like what twenty twenty five days. Like yeah. I would be sweating bullets every day, just so stressed. But and from the other aspect is maybe they don't want to sign a PTO because it's not guaranteed. Like maybe if cool. they they think that if if they, I mean, it's maybe a warped view of of from my opinion here. But if if they can showcase that they're they're in shape and they can play that hopefully they'll get a contract going into the season as opposed to a PTO where that's if true. the team doesn't want them, then they'll just cut them and then they'll, they'll be in the same boat they're in now. That That's, that's valid. I, I think from my understanding from PTOs is like, if you're coming into preseason, technically you're not paid. Like kind of makes sense because you're paid through the duration of the regular season. Yeah. But from my understanding of the of the PTO is like everything's on you. So I, I would imagine from what I understand is like say say I'm Zach Ashton Reese and you're Mitch Marner, you would get things supplied, helped by the team because you're on the team. So like whatever it is sticks, whatever you're getting supplied. And then Zach Ashton Reese has to spend either find his own money, like find his own way, find his own uh, equipment. I mean, obviously these are angel players, so they probably have stick deals, everything like that. But like from my understanding, is PTOs is basically like, like you're a walk on. Like you got to provide everything yourself. The team just yeah. pays for you to travel, which is kind of shitty. But I, I'm sure at some point when they sign the PTO contract and then they sign the actual deal, I'm sure there's some kind of kickback to them. Like if they had to spend any extra money, or maybe there's not. But I also think that Toronto has only not signed one. I, I'm not. If anyone wants to fact check this, I know that we don't usually have any interactions with fans, which is okay. But if anyone actually wants to fact check, fact check this for us, that'd be sweet. But I'm pretty sure I saw on Twitter that Toronto has only not signed one guy to a PTO in the last five to ten years, and that's uh, Gusev from two years ago or whatever. Yeah. Apparently, every other person that they've had to a PTO, they've tried to sign. So well, we can look I that mean, up and see. If I remember. I mean, obviously, this years a couple of years back, but wasn't PA Parento a PTO? And uh, yeah, this, and they signed him. Yeah, and uh, what's the other guy's name there? Sean Mathias. Yeah, yeah, and they both had. I mean, I think that was the year before Matthews, or two years before Matthews, and they both had relative for the role they were playing, relatively good years before the Leafs moved on from them. So. I mean, it's, it's yeah. I it's think that not, was uh, the year that Matthews was drafted. Oh, okay. Like that was then the, uh, he did the year before he started playing. Yeah, but I mean, if if Toronto can has a history of PTOs like that, where the players, I mean, obviously you're not going to sign a guy a PTO and he's going to go off and get 50 goals, 60 assists. But like in that the the case of those guys where they're bomb six guys and they come in and they have a nice role to play on your team, and why wouldn't you? That's only a success, right? So just it's. Yeah, I, mean, I guess it's surprising that they haven't had that many slip, like just cut them or whatever. But in the case of Toronto, I, they seem to pick and choose the right players at the right times to give PTO to. So, I mean, I guess it's also I think last there. year they signed Josh Ozang to a PTO. Yeah, and then they gave him the minor league deal. That yeah, but then he they never used him after that, which I because I thought if. He, 
similar role to Galchenyuk there a couple years ago. He could have, even if it was bottom six, last line minutes, I thought he could have came in and at least put up a couple couple points with yeah. the team. But I just tried to look it up, and it's a def- definitely something that's hard to look up. Um, just like Trauma Maple Leafs PTO or professional trial history or signing history, it's definitely something to, that's very hard to look up. So we'll have to definitely do some digging and look into that and let everyone know next week because I'm interested to see if that's actually true because that's kind of wild. Like I don't I don't remember too many PTOs, like notorious ones. I think the biggest one that we've had in the last couple of years was probably the Gusev because he came over from Russia, supposed to be this big guy, and then he kind of fell off. But yeah. Yeah, we'll look into that. Anyways, I think that's all for the night, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. So next week. <laughs> nice. For next week. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't think of anything else to say there. So I just said yeah three times. <laughs> all right, buddy. Yeah, yeah, truly. We have yeah. uh next week we have Kyle back. We're gonna do um predictions, roster battles. Uh, who makes the team, or who do we think makes the team? Potentially, uh, we should know a little bit more on PTOs, so keep your eyes peeled for that, as well as um, any other news and notes on the Toronto Maple Leafs. I saw it today that Winnipeg put Cole Perfetti on uh, injured reserve, so we might see maybe there's a player in Toronto's system that's injured or dealing with an injury that we might see um, over the next week to week and a half. Um so yeah, keep your eyes peeled. Turn on notifications um, for Toronto Maple Leafs and Leafs Talk Forever on Twitter as we retweet everything that the Maple Leafs retweet or tweet. Um, while you're there, subscribe to our website. Click the little link in our Twitter bio. That'll take you to our Beacons page. Click the website. Check it out. See what's up. Uh, we haven't been posting articles lately. We're trying to do a little test to see the viewership versus writing articles or uh, viewership for writing articles versus not writing articles at the same time. Cause, and also we're, I think we talked about this already. We're dealing with a new format or we're working that out. So that'll be with you probably at the start of the season, maybe preseason. But while you're there at the beacons page, check out all our social media. All the links are there. Check it out. It's, I, I feel like you won't be disappointed. We're trying. Anyways, um, Scott, overall, how did you like this little icon? Um, feature uh, that we have. I, I think it, I think it's a good idea. I mean, not necessarily that they were really caring about what we look like or or put a face to the voice, but it, it gives them more of a solidified. Even if we're kind of trying to talk over each other, it, it gives or two of us are talking at the same time. It gives them a heads up of who's doing it, and, and yeah. So I, I don't think it's a bad idea. And also, I think that the the coolest feature or the coolest thing I like about this feature that we have is that it's kind of like, again, as I mentioned before, lighting's expensive to find green screens and lighting. Yeah, you can get it off Amazon, but is it going to break in a week? You know, like you can buy uh, one of those little ring lights from the dollar store like we looked at the other day, but like it's only $4, so it's probably going to break in a couple weeks, right? I don't want that. This feature, we can still do how we feel, what we usually do, what we're used to, and people can just see the interaction with our faces. I think it's a win-win. So we'll work on it, and we're going to probably test a couple things next week or the week after. We'll start with the the more live videos. Check on our YouTube. I'll link that in the beacons as well because we're going to be posting on YouTube a lot and TikTok. So have a good week. Enjoy it. Uh, Friday, calendar. Check your calendar because the, the least do play the, the rookie camp. Have a good night, everyone. Thanks.